Welcome back to our podcast edition. This is Cece. And this is Claire. And hello, friends, to our headline news edition of our 23rd series of this episode. Today, we have some special guests, and this is our first time that we have anyone else for our headline news, so we're super excited for this. We are here with them right now. Karen and V, would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Karen, and I'm here with my friend V, and we're just friends of Claire and Cece, and we're really excited to be here today. And we're super excited to have <laughs> you. So we do have three interesting stories and even better takes for you guys, so let's get into it. So our first story of this episode is that Philadelphia Health Commissioner resigns after cremating the remains of the MOVE 1985 bombing. So just as a bit of context, 36 years ago, Philadelphia officials ordered a bombing of a home and the inhabitants of that home were a part of a revolutionary group called MOVE, which is or was a militant black separatist group that advocated for nature laws and natural living. The bombing ended up killing 11 people and it also created and spread a fire that destroyed dozens of homes in the Cobbs Creek neighborhood that was affected. So there were some remains found at the scene and they were described as bone fragments and Philadelphia Health Commissioner Thomas Farley admitted to improperly cremating and disposing the remains found without telling the family members of the victims. And Mayor Jim Kenney says that an investigation has been started to find out more about what happened to the remains, which were thought to have been cremated in 2017. So Kenney says that this action lacked empathy for the victims and their families. And he also added that he asked Farley to resign immediately afterward. Another official involved was placed on leave, and Dr. Cheryl Bittigal has been replaced as Farley and Dr. Cheryl Bittigal has replaced Farley as a Philadelphia Health Commissioner. Wow, this has very taken a very long time considering this is 1985. Right. And they just found remains. And this was also like back in 2017 too. But I don't think they found out about the cremation until much later, which was recently. I wonder if there is a specific reason why this Thomas Farley would do it. I feel like in those situations, considering he's not come out, you know when something happens, people come out with their own reports or what is it, like a representative of the specific person. I mean, they don't usually even have to be famous, like it's a lawyer or whatnot, Mm -hmm. that they would announce their side of the story. But considering they haven't, done so just yet even if it was since based on the fact that it happened all it started in 2017 i do think maybe thomas farley had some um ulterior motives seems to like this. a cover-up yeah, oh yeah i don't know just them cremating remains found from a important bombing right to me, I don't know. It's just, just the vibe. Are you saying this yeah, by the US government? government. Just like just to me, the vibe that I'm getting is that they're kind of trying to cover up this bombing as well. I don't know, just you don't cremate the bone fragments of victims that were killed in the bombing. Yeah. Unless you want to identify them. Oh no, if you unless you want to get rid of any evidence right. to identify who they may have killed. I mean, whoever bombed them in the first place 
my most likely i feel like i don't want to say it but it seems like the u.s government i mean philadelphia officials did order it yeah but then at the same time the philadelphia officials are also trying to figure out who like why they cremated it what do you guys think to clarify all 11 bodies were cremated i don't think all 11 bodies i'm not sure whose remains were left behind during the bombing but the remains that were found which were some bone fragments were cremated yeah because in general um like a fire would burn yeah a lot of the I think I think it's already. insensitive that they didn't contact the families before cremating them or like really telling them what was going on because it sounds like they um, this Mr. Farley guy he just went on with the cremation without really discussing it or getting approval. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think oh, that's yeah. messed up to the families and like I I feel empathetic for them. And mm-hmm. on top of that, even if it was an accident, I feel as if... Oh, you like if Farley accidentally yeah. cremated them and mixed them up yeah, with exactly. like other bones remains. It, was supposed it, to it doesn't seem plausible to say that it was an accident regardless. What's that happened in 2017? You've had, what, three to four years to figure out what figure you out messed up one, on? Figure out what happened to apologize to families and come out publicly saying like, hey, we screwed it up you know i'm usually in these cases i hope that the families do get some closure i mean they all themselves also haven't come out and said anything about it either i'm sure they're disappointed (laughs) do we know what has happened to the cremated remains or are they just disposed dust No, I, I, oh, oh, I hold them because cremations you yeah, usually store like them urns. in urns and stuff. Um, not that I've he dispo. Oh, it not says, that I've were they given back to the families? Um, it says that he improperly cremated and disposed. Mm. Oh shoot! The remains well, then, found. I so think they're gone. Oh, it's gone. That's really messed for up. For real. I feel like that's even weirder. Yeah in that circumstance where you're creating remains and then disposing them afterward you're not yeah. even keeping them yeah. i also hope uh i also hope that thomas farley faces some other consequences as well considering he does to be a health commissioner i feel like you do have to have some credentials that allow you to like uh, actually i'm not sure do you need a medical license to be a health prof- uh i'm pretty commissioner, sure right yeah so if you can't stick to the ethics of what being a health professional is i do think his license or practice should be revoked as well mm-hmm. yeah. well i hope dr cheryl Bedigal does a better job oh please yeah. <laughs> i mean in general health commissioners are like pretty good people <laughs> And Hopefully. they haven't received a lot of backlash except with COVID and all that. Like the health commissioner saying that we should have lockdown or no lockdown, depending on where you live, that causes a lot of controversy. And sometimes I know, I mean, in general, the health commissioner or 
the health official who's the is there a health commission for like the United States? Like as a federal as a whole? I actually don't know. I, I don't know that either. Okay, so we left off on Is there a United States Health Commissioner? There is not. But I did have a question and it was <laughs> do health are health commissioners even in charge of cremating? Like I do know to cremate you do need a professional like some sort of license, right? Because usually funeral homes are also in charge of cremating. You I know that's an option when mm-hmm. one passes away. Mm-hmm. I realize I use a lot of like um, understatements or euphemisms, right? When I talk about death, because every time I talk about death, my mom's like, don't talk about that. You're going to bring bad no, luck. that's okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh... if that is not the case, that's even more suspicious that he himself would do it, not just like order someone else. I mean, like the Department it. of Health, like safety codes and things like that, they talk about cremation. But who does the actual cremating? I would assume there would be a team. Mm-hmm. Or would there? For a cremation process of remains that are that important. So. I guess Why I'm questioning we... whether or not this was like. Yeah. I mean, the only an thing. Cover up. Yeah. Honestly, the. <laughs> when I think about cremating things that are under like legal mm-hmm. jurisdiction, you could say because the evidence, or not the evidence, but like the remains were in the were in the city's hands is because I watch Criminal Minds and whatever they're cremating. Too. Oh my god! <laughs> I stopped watching though because uh, I got too scared at night. I thought someone was gonna Yo. come and kill me. <laughs> And they, whenever they go visit someone who's passed away and they're ready to be cremated, it is, I'm not sure where it is, but I don't think the health commissioner themselves do it. The because the health commissioner I, I in general. I agree with that. I, I feel like I there, think yeah. there should In be like a big people. city like Philadelphia, right? Mm-hmm. I bet like the top guy does not go around doing this. Maybe he like ordered, the sheriff yeah, or the chief like, of police. I think he has the power to sign off on it. Yeah, and like I think maybe he ordered the cremation. Why? Like his name is on the papers that allowed this uh, to happen, and because he okayed it, it's his fault. Or he ordered it. Yeah, you don't know. In that case, that is sketchy. Yeah. We might be straying into a conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's just our opinion. So for our next story, we move to D.C. where Republicans have ousted Liz Cheney from House leadership. So these House Republicans have eliminated Representative Liz Cheney who is from Wyoming, from her position as a conference chair and has also been getting rid of a discordant opinion to the GOP leadership or where it is right now. The The people that called for her have been seeing her as an obstacle after Cheney voted to impeach former President Trump. Instead of using a recorded vote, a voice vote was used instead because according to 
Kevin McCarthy, the minority leader in the House of Representatives, a voice vote shows, quote-unquote, unity, and that it is important to, quote-unquote again, move quickly and move forward with more crucial matters such as taking back leadership of the House of Representatives. These Republican leaders have framed Cheney's ousting as a way to unite the GOP and even Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio, who has a, had a major role in ousting Cheney, says that the GOP, quote, can't have a conference chair who recites Democratic topic, talking points. Trump himself remains extremely popular with the GOP leadership in the House. However, some recent polling revealed that Trump's approval ratings have surprisingly dropped down, meaning that more people within the GOP leadership have been harboring anti-Trump sentiments, uh, who is now trying to expand the number of people with the same opinions as them. More than 100 Republicans have announced that they're considered breaking off from the GOP and creating a third party or an offshoot if the GOP did not start making major changes to distance themselves from Trump's influence in the party. So I have heard some about, uh, I have heard a little about Liz Cheney herself as a representative, and I know she's, of course, a more moderate Republican, you can say, and I've seen that it's more of a lot, like, because the past Trump uh, impeachment has a lot to do with what the Capitol riots are. A lot of the GOP, new GOP leadership have supported Trump's claim that the election was fraudulent, which is not true from all the evidence and data that we have gathered. And since the Trump impeachment was considered that all the, there were only really a few Republicans who voted against Trump. And the new ones, like, who's the other guy? Do you remember the guy who is in a wheelchair? Oh, um, Calvin Hawthorne or something? Yeah, Calvin Hawthorne and Taylor Majority Green are very pro-Trump and pro-right-wing to a point where it could, like, it leans toward conspiracy theory talking points. But that inclusion of them as new representatives i feel like signals a split from the gop because the gop is like huge now Mm -hmm. it's like growing more than ever and also one thing i want to say is that the goal to take back leadership of the house of representatives is really hard considering if what they're trying to do is create unity and now there's going to be a third party that's almost impossible and i would say that it is actually with I feel like it is within the GOP's mm, power not power I wouldn't say like ability to take back because usually there's always a shift between the House of Representatives and the Senate it is very rare that both two are the same party so as Democrats have started trying to shift the Senate more to the Democratic side you're going to see a pushback from the like the Republicans in the House of Representatives, it's always one side or the other. Mm-hmm. I know in like Obama's first two years, it was actually both houses were Democrat, but mm-hmm. then that in general, when you have a Democratic president, the next midterm, 
there's more of a Republican push. So this is kind of backtracked. I think this would be a detriment to their actual goal if their goal is to take back the House of Representatives. Basically. But, you know, also if there's a third party, that's actually really good. I think America should have more <laughs> than two parties and yeah. a change in their election system as well. But and, I feel um, like the people that are far right are not having it. Like, they ousted Cheney for voting to impeach Donald Trump. I feel like they might. Would they do it again? I think this Ooh. kind of mindset needs to be talked about. So, the House of Representatives are a group of people representing the views of the citizens of the United States. Oh, you'd be mm-hmm. right, though. And <laughs> what? I don't, I don't think they should be, quote-unquote, fighting to take back leadership. No one is leading the House of Representatives. They should be focusing on their real jobs, <laughs> which is voicing the opinions of the people and what we think matters. I don't think, like... Boohoo to Liz Cheney. Um, she had her her views, but like those are views that represent some of our views. And I think them kicking her out is saying like we have our views and this is what we want for America. But what do people, the Americans, want for America? That actually, yeah, that because a lot of these politicians care too much about the party platform yeah because if you're too invested like you're voting all on republican like lines for all policies you're voting all democratic and you've branded yourself as a certain yeah rather as a politician of your constituents you're more acting as a politician of a party exactly right and when you see that shift right it's no longer about your the people but rather about you could say more special interests of people who so are more involved in the party platform which happen to be not representative <laughs> of the american population yeah so it's it's become too black and white um you're either republican or democratic and yeah. you can't pick what you really want to believe so if you label yourself republican you kind of feel forced to believe a certain way and that then like becomes a part of you and that's why we see people holding on so strongly to their beliefs because they've already immersed themselves into this republican or democratic persona yeah also i want to add in that data shows that most americans are moderate so <laughs> And independent, so it truly shows that none of, these, <laughs> um, none of these politicians are acting as a delegate anymore. They're and just going off with their own beliefs and trying to just fight against the other parties now. Yeah. Like Karen said, it's really not about them doing their actual jobs anymore. I had a big thing to say. I like I was like, wow, that's such a good point. But now I can't remember. Oh, one thing is that I this is actually pretty rare for the Republican Party because the Republican Party prides itself on unity. I'm sure you've heard the phrase like, oh, if you get Republicans, they'll get more things. Like 
They have less of a variety in opinions, but they'll get things done faster. While Democrats, on the other hand, they have a variety of opinions, but they get things done slow because of their variety in opinions. And I think both sides are not at a point where they should be, where you can have a lot of variety of opinions, but you should also offer compromise, right? And because if you do both like sides, it either leads to a lack of efficiency or group polarization and like group think, right? Mm-hmm. And that would is what George Washington himself <laughs> said in his final speech. Because that is ingrained inside of me because of U.S. history. A push. Yeah. Do you have anything to say? I will say that I don't think a lot of radical right Republicans actually believe in what they say they believe in. Um, They might spout a lot of conspiracies and opinions, but I think they're doing it because they know who their audience is and what they're receptive to. And it, it has worked. We've seen it in 2016 where Trump just said whatever the hell he wanted and it got him votes. And it worked. So they're trying to... They, they know they've been losing power in the House and the Senate for a very long time now. I think since the 90s even. And this is their way of maintaining their the support the, the little sliver of support that they have left. <laughs> I think that's definitely one part of it. Because considering a lot of these Republicans, it can, if the f- like one factor is if the Republican district that they come from are heavily pro-Trump, of course, to get reelected, they have to do that because there's no limit. And they get reelected every two years. So they're really just like, in a few months, they're going to start campaigning again. Mm-hmm. And now they have something to put on their little resume. Say like, hey, look, I did this. <laughs> <laughs> so our third story that we're moving on to now is that businesses are pretty concerned about worker shortages now. So businesses can't find enough workers and they have been asking their part-time workers to switch to full-time and their full-time workers to start working overtime. And this creates more income for the working Americans and in addition to the stimulus checks that workers are now retrieving or receiving from the government, this means lots of money in working American savings. And because of this, those with higher savings during the pandemic will be wanting to spend their money once the pandemic is over and, you know, like when things go back to normal. The economy is actually expected to grow as the world begins to open up again, but because businesses can't find enough workers due to the pandemic and people's fears of catching COVID when they go back to work. This means that they're understaffed and can't create or produce goods and services at a fast enough rate anymore. This means that there's high demand but low supply. Too much demand coupled with low supply in addition to a drive up in salaries from businesses to try to attract new employees is likely to increase consumer costs, which then causes inflation. So Bernard Baumol, which is the chief global economist at the Economic Outlook Group, says that, quote, if it turns out that if you cannot meet demand, the economy cannot grow as rapidly as people had anticipated, end quote. Which means we're a little more screwed than we thought we were going to be, so. Yes. 
economically though economically. according to Keynesian economics which I had just studied yesterday because I'm taking the AP macro <laughs> exam soon is that wages are sticky so just because especially in the short run right if if businesses aren't willing like usually in times like these sorry usually in general businesses don't hike their wages up enough to meet to get the supply right and so now you have a bunch of workers who are unwilling to work at minimum wage which is low in many places to like like what are the costs right you get covid long hours like the health benefits and whatnot may be low and so in the pros would just be a wage that money is barely more than your unemployment benefit right i know a lot of people are blaming like oh people are working because they'd rather stay on unemployment right but it would like if you think about it the other way it's kind of alarming to hear that unemployment benefit is more than what you is what you are making minimum wage like that should be a I think we're looking at the wrong problem yeah. here because I oh. know adults that have been saying that, oh, people aren't working now and they're just switching to unemployment because they can get their money that way. And it's like the real issue is that minimum wages are way too low for people to actually be living off of, which is, I think, what the definition of minimum wage should be in the first yeah. place. Like the minimum amount you make so then you can, you know, live off of it and survive. Right. Like if Claire, if you were paid less than you are right now, what like seventeen dollars an hour? <laughs> <laughs> are you paid seventeen? Yeah. We were paid like fifteen. Well, I feel like San Francisco and California is a little different because we're already at like the market level. But if I know many people have advocated for a flat fifteen all across the United States. And in general, if that case were true, right, if that's the market, then shouldn't San Francisco's also be higher because we have a higher standard of living? So, yeah. Logically, that makes sense. (laughs) I don't know about the economic ins and outs of that. So I can't speak on that. But logically, that would make sense. Like if you were paid less dollars, right? And because... Say 15, right? Minimum wage 15, and then you're in a busier place. Because actually, yours is really close quarters. If you've ever been to her. Oh, my little tea truck? It's a truck. (laughs) And there's three people in the truck. Yeah. So it's pretty tiny. Yeah. Yeah. And especially if you are vulnerable to health issues, who are. I would be a little concerned. Because usually the people who are working minimum wage full time are on the lower end and one of the biggest indicators for health problems is your income right the lower income you are the more likely you are to get sick Mm -hmm. so i'm it makes sense um i also saw like uh people sharing you know how sometimes they have the uh, urgently hiring on the stores Mm -hmm. and you rarely see that before covid but now it's like 
They're desperate. <laughs> Pretty common. They're like, nobody wants to work here anymore. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh my god. I think that's I know a you good guys indicator both, of yeah. what the business ethics of that place is, though. That's true. To have a, a high turnover rate of yeah. employees. I read if, like, I think Karen and I have talked about it. Like, if you're at a job, what are some red flags? Is like if people come and go. Mm-hmm. Oh, like so fast, then something's yeah. wrong. So I can speak from both perspectives here. Um, at the beginning of COVID, um, I lost my job because of the pandemic. And so I applied for EDD and I was making about 700 a week, which is so, so much more than I was making when I was actually working. And I thought to myself, why was I working in the first place <laughs> if I was just going to make this much money by doing absolutely nothing? All I had to do was sign on to my computer fill out a couple questions, and then I would receive the money in my bank account. For real? Yeah. kind of weird. <laughs> and so I was like, wow, that, this is actually amazing. But then um, my dad, uh, he opened a restaurant with the worst possible timing ever because he planned on opening right before the pandemic started and then had to delay opening for an entire year. Um and then decided to just go for it because he could not sit on um, these bills anymore. No one wanted to work because of the benefits. Um, It makes sense. I do understand because I had those benefits and I didn't want to work because I was like, why would I, you know, have to deal with these customers and, um, you know, do physical work in order to get money when I can just sit at home and not do anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But the thing is, uh, the restaurants, where the restaurant is located, the minimum wage is 17. It's like uh, 60, 90 or something. That's pretty good. Um, Which is pretty good. And then plus the amount of tips that they make, they get, they they earn 100% of the tips that, they um, work for. So um, with the default of 15% tips, um, they're making an extra $100 to $200 a night. And so at the end of the day, um, they are getting about 20 20 something or more per hour, which Mm -hmm. I think is pretty good. I think that's a pretty good deal. So it's difficult. It's really difficult because I see other businesses and they're saying people don't want to work here because of EDD. And yes, wages, minimum wage does need to be higher in order, you know, it's supposed to support, you know, their rent, their food, and like their families. Mm-hmm. But restaurants like my dad's is offering as much as they can, um, but it still can't compete with the extra benefits that EDD is supplying. And so that's, that's, I don't really have opinions about it because I've been on both ends and it's very difficult to speak about. Because there's also the 
risk of catching COVID if you live in prison mm-hmm. as well. And also, I feel... Oh, sorry. Oh, like, if your dad would have to, like, meet what... Un- like, beat what un- unemployment benefits can give, he would have to raise the prices of the... of the food itself, yeah. right? It's It's very difficult because... Obviously, he wants to pay them. He wants to mm-hmm. pay them a lot. Um, but because it's a new restaurant, we haven't fully, you know, begin began to profit. Also, because, you know, people aren't eating out right. as not, much. Not just yet, yeah. So it's, like, harder to make money to pay people. So, like, it's just a huge problem all around. It's hard to pinpoint where to start fixing it. Yeah, because... I feel like some people have argued that, oh, like, it's more of the corporations, right, who, like, I'm sure McDonald's can offer. Yeah, okay, offer. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> McDonald's, <laughs> Chipotle, con. Okay, they can, they can afford to pay people more than $15 an hour. Yeah. Definitely, for sure. Because, but if you think about it, I guess, like, market-wise, right, like, if McDonald's increases their pay to, like, $20 per hour, Right, more people would want to make work at McDonald's, but now who wants to work at minimum wage at fifteen? Right, mm-hmm. now it's less people, and it's easier work too. I guess, yeah. <laughs> I think. I so. mean, like comparing, say, like a fast food chain restaurant to a fast food. I guess like a, sm- a smaller business, right? A mom you and can't pop. compete with yeah, mom and pop. Um, you really can't compete with McDonald's on that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, a lot of these, like a, a lot of big businesses also rely on these part-time minimum wage workers. So I guess the only thing I can think of is change the minimum wage because... If you change the minimum wage, right, people would have more money to spend and also people would be able to live off that and then with that money, they would, like, go back to the restaurant and eat at, like, Karen's dad's restaurant right? and then that yeah. goes mm-hmm. cycle and then then you could start raising prices because people have enough money have to enough actually It's like a ripple effect. But a lot of corporations don't want to pay their workers properly. <laughs> <clears throat> How about you, V? Do you? I have heard of arguments for let's not raise minimum wage because service prices are going to go up. But mm-hmm. for example, In and Out has been consistently raising their minimum wage price, um, and their burgers and fries and their services are it haven't inflated as much as people have thought yeah. it would. So I definitely think that there should be a rule or some regulation against corporations if they are going to continue their the same business practices that they're doing as Mm -hmm. of right now and exploiting workers, especially uh, college students. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're definitely <laughs> the victims. Of because this. college, you can't work full time as a college student, right? Exactly. But you, you still, still need bills. the money. So then, of course, unemployment is much better than working part time because mm-hmm. it's double you the amount. You get more money. Plus, you don't have to spend your time and your effort working for that money. So you can focus on school. Blah blah. blah you know. 
Yeah, a lot of corporations have a lot of loopholes where, let's say you're a college student working part-time, your own, uh, there's a rule where you don't have to have lunch unless you meet a certain threshold of hours mm-hmm. yeah. when you're working. So people are starving while they're at work and are not getting breaks at all in between customers and just management in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I can see why there there will be a shortage because people realize how underappreciated and undervalued their works are. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of horror stories about working at Amazon, like the fulfillment center, because the demand for fast shipping is so high, and obviously the shortage of workers in general, because it's a demanding job, right? Um, where they aren't allowed to go to the bathroom very often, and they're always like constantly working with like zero breaks, and it's unethical. Especially yeah. in this country. I've also mm-hmm. heard, I think they have a very strict delivery schedule that they have to yeah. meet. And yeah. if they're late, if it's like not even on them, for example, traffic, heavy mm-hmm. traffic, that happens. You can't yeah. control that. And if they're a, like a certain amount of time late, then they get some of their wages taken from them as a punishment because mm-hmm. they have to meet that strict deadline in your schedule. Yeah. And Jeff Bezos has enough money to <laughs> pay all his workers. He's got a mansion. Jesus. Yeah, I hear the gas shortages are because oh. there aren't enough drivers to supply gasoline to gas stations anymore. Like truck drivers? Mm-hmm. Oh, because they have to go that. through... Um, I think or... I remember it was like hazardous testing mm. at, along with your license and everything. Yeah. yeah. Because you are transporting hazardous materials. Yeah. So people aren't going to go out of their way to do this when they're being paid the bare minimum, mm-hmm. being away from their families. Yeah. And this There's also part. like a chicken shortage, and like a boba <laughs> shortage. Um, There's a lot of shortages these days. But the sad part is that we actually need these workers to keep doing their job. But how are you going to incentivize people to actually work if you're, for lack of a better phrase, treating them like shit, you know? Yes, Claire. Go swear. (laughs) (laughs) So those are all the stories that we have for you today. We hope you enjoyed it. But before we leave, we have our Sunday snippet into the past. So our Sunday snippet into the past is that the first Academy Awards are held in Hollywood, on May 16th, 1928. That was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Actually, almost that's not 100 years, years yet. Almost. Yeah, almost. Because they started making films. The Hollywood industry started making films, but I feel like it didn't grow until after World War Two. Oh. Mm-hmm. The Roaring Twenties. Oh, no, no, sorry. After World War One. That's... <laughs> yeah, the Roaring Twenties is after like, World wait. War One. That is... I'm wrong. It's like 45. <laughs> it was like... That's... Yeah. And then Hollywood blew up because of nice right. weather. Yep. And then about 50 years later, we have Silicon Valley. Which awards is this? Sorry. I'm sorry. Academy Awards. <laughs> so that's Oscars. 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 The little They're man. racist. Oh, <laughs> is Oscars a real man? Did he start the Academy Awards? Is that why they call it Oscars? Probably. Because Oscars like is an actual man. That would make sense. Actors. I think that would make sense. I have yeah. no idea. 
Cool. But very interesting. Yes. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed this unique episode with Karen and V. And have a good Sunday.